Hello, Guitar Smarts listeners. This is an important announcement. Please don't skip ahead. We start this podcast with a special message. Way back in 2021, Guitar Smarts had the pleasure of interviewing the utterly fantastic Matt Long. Matt is a multiple award-winning British blues guitarist and lead singer of the British blues band Catfish and hard rock outfit The Revenant Ones. He joined us for episode number 20 and was a truly gracious guest who spoke about his career, his childhood, guitars and meetings his hero, Joe Bonamassa. Well, Matt needs your help. Through 2023, Matt has been undergoing treatment for bowel cancer, and his recent prognosis has meant that to extend his life and retain a chance of survival, he needs to seek private treatment outside of the NHS. Matt's family have set up a GoFundMe page that is linked in the Guitar Smarts link tree in the description of this podcast. And we at the Guitar Smarts podcast would like to invite each and every listener to consider donating towards this fund that could well save the life of one of the brightest guitar talents of our generation. Now is the time, folks. Head on over to the link in the description to find the GoFundMe page. Donate what you can. Your donation could save a life. Thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Maybe that's your next rig. You oh. need a synth rig so you can actually trigger some like I'm joking by the way. I could tell the way you're wincing. Yeah. For our listeners, obviously you can't oh. see us, but Kieran looks like he's just smelled a really bad <laughs> fart all of a sudden. I mean, maybe he has to be actually <laughs> Greetings, welcome back to the Guitar Smarts Podcast. Remember, if you're an everyday gigging guitarist, this is the podcast for you, and maybe your friends too, so please tell them about us. This week, we wrap up our look at the details of setting up your guitar's action, with a look at how to measure and adjust your guitar nut. Hopefully, after this episode and the previous two, you should feel way more confident getting the best out of your guitar's action and making adjustments you need to transform your guitar. I know this has really helped me, and I've already transformed a couple of my guitars following these steps, so you should do the same. Before that, we've got our usual chit-chat and catch-up, so stay tuned. Housekeeping. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast on your preferred podcast app. This way, you won't miss the next show. Use the link tree in the description of this show to get to our buy me a coffee page links to some of our spotify playlists social media pages especially the guitar geek hangout page on facebook where you can interact with karen and myself and many other guitar nerds just like us if you really want to support us use the links to leave us a rating or a review this is the best way to support us and help us grow more importantly it costs you nothing at all but just a little bit of your time Anyway, have a great couple of weeks. Remember, if you've got any comments or requests for the show, you can reach out to us directly on our social media pages. That's about enough from me. Let's get to it. How are you doing, mate? You well? <laughs> good. Really good. Uh, yeah, it's cold here in the UK, but uh, sunny. Mm. So can't complain. It's not yeah. raining. It, it's a beautiful day out there it today. Is, it's like, isn't it? Like, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Isn't it? It's, it's got that crisp kind of wintry frost on the ground, yeah. lashings of sunlight streaming through the window. Uh, got a nice warm cup of tea in hand, which yeah. I can see can see you have as well. Absolutely, I was walking around the garden the other day as well, and I noticed that like oh, some yeah. of the, uh, the there's some signs of like some bluebells coming up, and um, some of the little trees are starting to bud <laughs> as well, and things like that. <laughs> 
yeah, so and then you quickly retreated inside and plugged yeah. in the Les Paul into a Marshall and uh, decided that that was more important than looking at the first no, that's right. daffodils appearing. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but come on, spring, bring a little bit of warmth. Hurry up. Let's have oh, an early one this yeah. year, yeah. please. It's been cold. <laughs> it's been cold. cold. It's been cold. Hey, how you been though, guitar-wise? What you been doing this week? You've been, uh, you've been playing much? You, uh, you made any steps towards this, this new rig? You have been playing. Okay, no, good. The, the rig has calmed down. I haven't sold mm-hmm. the uh, the headrush yet. It's still up for sale. Okay. Uh, anybody listening to this, um, if mm-hmm. you do want a uh, a, a headrush FRFR, the eight inch version, um, then yeah. I've got one for sale, or at least yeah. I have at this point of recording. Um, I can recommend it very much. So it's a fantastic speaker. Uh, I'm just looking for something a bit different. Um, but yeah, so no changes there. No changes with the rig. I mean, obviously, as 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 much as I kind of talked about that rig being, um, you know, having so many possibilities, you know, the the real fact of the matter is that amp, that catalyst is really only going to get used as an FRFR for the most part. But for yeah. some gigs, I may use it as an amp. Um, um, but anyway, so no, no changes there. But what I have done, Kieran, is I harked back all the way to um, episode... Oh, it must have been episode three and four or five and six, something like that. When we did the, the eight steps, it was across two two parts, mm-hmm. wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> arguably the guitar that I've got at the moment that needed the setup the most uh, but isn't really looking for fret level and dress um, is my little Esquire, my Squire yeah. Esquire, um, the uh, FSR one, Fender Special Run um type guitar really cool um it's like a classic it's, it's not the classic vibe range but what it mm-hmm. is is it's an esquire so it's a single pickup but um yeah which is cool if, exactly and i love the sound i get from it but it's mm-hmm. got it's got the it's got like a tele custom type finish in that it's got bound edges um so it's not an esquire model that was ever released hence the fsr um custom esquire name so it's fender special run and um, I've, I really love playing that guitar, but I, so I did some measurements after you did your, um, the last two episodes, obviously you've gone over doing the truss rod and you've gone over doing the bridge. Um, mm. And we spoke in those episodes about particular measurements and I thought, okay, I'm going to get my, mm. my kit out, my, um, you know, the setup kit that I've got. I still need to get some tools for that. Actually, I realized this week um, I haven't got a decent set of Allen wrenches um, that that is dedicated for, you know, I've got some in the shed. But I don't want to get stuff out of the shed when I'm doing the guitar. I want to have, you know, my guitar mm, setup mm. kit separately. Mm, um, mm, definitely. And I took definitely. some measurements anyway of like the action, and it was way high. I sent you a message, didn't I? It was like I think I was getting two and a half mil, going on for <laughs> two and three quarter mil on the sixth yeah. string at the twelfth fret, yeah. and, um, and I knew it had a bit of a high action. And I've spoken before, haven't I? About I enjoy a little bit of a fight in the guitar, but of I don't want to. I don't want to be headbutting the thing. You know, it's ridiculous. Uh, two and a half mil. I thought, well. How how low can I get it? And um, yeah, so I did some measurements. So it's interesting how you kind of think, well, if it's that high, I'm going to have to do everything. I have to adjust the truss rod. But mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. I, even though it's got high action, when I did the check, you told me to check with the, I did the capo on the first fret. And then from about the 15th or 17th, I put my thumb on and then mm-hmm. checked the mm-hmm. height around the eighth or ninth fret. Um and it was really low. 
It was yeah. like really, really low. There was, I could barely just make the string tap against it. So I thought, well, the neck obviously the neck has got... straight. The neck yeah. straight. It doesn't have too <clears> much <throat> relief. That's not the reason the action's high. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we're getting on to... Today we're talking about nuts, right? We're talking <laughs> guitar nuts, <laughs> sorry, I should say. Uh, we don't mean crazy guitarists. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about nuts today, and I did ask you, you know, what's a quick measurement I can do to check the nut height's okay? And you showed me that, and that measurement was fine as well. So it really mm-hmm. was down mm-hmm. to saddle height. That that whole high yeah. action was just down to that one of three things. So I brought the saddle height down. I realised the radius on the fretboard is ten inch radius exactly. It's not nine and a half. I thought it might be nine and a half. With it being an Esquire and based on an old one, I actually first thought it might be seven and. A quarter, uh, but no, 10 inch, 10 inch radius on the fretboard. The radius as it was set up out of the box, as I haven't touched it, was exactly right, believe it or not. Oh, it yeah. Was exactly it's like the saddle, the saddle pieces up. <laughs> they were perfect, right. perfectly Good. radius, which is surprising because it's a three saddle guitar. It's not a six saddle. Oh, yeah, There's yeah. a saddle per string. There's a yeah, saddle for every two. But, it was, but yeah. it was still just like I, I put my um, radius gauge on the strings and it was just perfect. Um, Beautiful. So I just started then, I just I just lowered the sixth string down to, mm-hmm. um, I thought, let's try one point one and a half mil. Let's just drop it right down. Uh, and then try to go a little bit less on the, on the high E string. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of did a thing where I thought, I'll count the turns to get to that, and then I'll do the same turns on the other one strings in between Smart. and check the radius, and then just a couple mm-hmm. of little adjustments and kept the same radius and then tuned up. Um, and checked it, and it was too low. It was buzzing out in certain areas, and I'm sure I could have done some other adjustments, but mm-hmm. um, it was buzzing out really high up, um, past the twelfth, twelfth string, twelfth mm-hmm. fret on the low E string. Um, so I just raised everything up a bit. I think I've got about one point six mil on the sixth string now, and a little bit less on the first string, and the radius is just right, and it's everything's ringing really clear, mm. and it's just transformed it, just transformed my playing experience. I mean, I sat down after that, practiced for an hour, um, learning some stuff I've been planning to learn, you know, just some kind of solos that I've always loved and things like that, and some songs, and it was just... Hmm. Uh, it was just great. So, yeah, I mean, just testament there to what you've been trying to say over the last few episodes about, you know, this is why this is the most important adjustment to make on the guitar, right? The action height. I mean, it can literally transform the playing experience. And um, For sure. Yeah, so, so yeah, a really, really good week. And I intend to do the same thing with the Gretsch. Uh, but the Strat and the Les Paul, both of those really need um, a fret level undress which is Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that's a text job you know i I could learn how to do it but i'd rather an experienced tech do it and um and end up with a really you know improved experience on those instruments as well get them back to how they were yeah absolutely the fret leveling and recrowning and all of that it's a time consuming i love doing it if if, provided i've got the time oh yeah man provided i've got the time set aside to do it Put some music on, just get into it. But it's a very, it's a very repetitive, like monotonous task. But you do need to concentrate and focus so you don't, you don't, you don't mess it up. But it's, um, it's such a rewarding thing. And, you know, even I know you said on your, on your telly and your Gretsch that that wouldn't need doing because the fretware is not there. I, I, I suspect you're entirely right, but it's not uncommon for, uh, I would say, you know, up to modestly priced guitars. To, to still come out of factory with the threats there or thereabouts, but you know potentially still with some that 
could benefit from from being really truly checked to see if they're all all level and um, and true. But mm. <clears throat> um, so you could you could potentially look to cheat down that action on that on your telly even lower. Um, but as you as you rightly said, Matt, I mean these things before you get into fret leveling and recrowning and, and going into how you do that, or, or even not wanting to get down that route, just doing these three steps to dial in your action as well as the eight basic maintenance steps can transform a guitar into something that is just becomes a joy to play. And mm-hmm. it is subjective. It's definitely subjective, right? Action is a personal thing. It's how it's how you like a guitar to, to play and feel. And I'm certainly not anyone, someone that's bound by those numbers and measurements that I've been been giving out over the last couple of weeks because I don't, I don't really rely on them. I use them as a guide occasionally. Most of what I do now is down through feel and mm. and touch and and but but sometimes if you're starting out doing this or you just want to double check and see where things are at having those those measurements that we've given out in the last couple of episodes as a starting point is really kind of quite useful and it certainly was a, it was useful for you to be able to to measure it and go because you sent me a picture originally right and you said have a look at this picture do you think my action looks high and it, and it and yeah. it looked high to me in the pictures, but a picture is kind of difficult to see in in real life exactly what that means. And I said, well, it's kind of does it feel high to you? And you were like, yeah, I think it I think it does. And I was like, well, what's the measurements? And you came back straight away. You'd measured it. And you're like, the measurements are this and this. Well, I'm, I was like, well, to, to my mind, that is high. Mm. And I reckon you could you could take at least a millimeter off both of both of those measurements on the top mm. E and the low E comfortably. You should be able to take that off comfortably <clears throat> without any other. Um, kind of uh, invasive methods like re-leveling and crowning the frets and stuff like that. But I'm glad it's worked for you, mate. And it and it mm. is um, that's what I'm saying. And it's such a such a nice thing for for people listening to hear that haven't done this right. And all the kind of luthiers and techs that listen to this show will be just going, yeah, this is this is what we get paid <laughs> paid to do. Yeah. It's kind of t- there's nothing more rewarding and satisfying than taking a a guitar that you know, isn't a £3,000 guitar or that hasn't had like this full like treatment and giving it back to somebody having done some of these steps and they're just like, wow, this feels complete. I don't know what you've done, but this feels like a brand new instrument. This feels like a totally different instrument. I love playing it. And it's not, it's not, um, it's, it's not a dark art as to what we've done. What we've done yeah. is these steps that we're, that we're telling you about. We've done all the eight basic maintenance steps of setup and by and large to dial in the action, provided the frets are still in, in good, good nick and good condition. We've done the, the three steps that we've talked about in the last few weeks, which is set the truss rod properly, adjust the saddle action properly and cut the nut properly and do those and 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 that's the results you get mm-hmm. obviously if there's fret work and stuff involved then that's that's a different that's a different beast yeah i'm pleased i'm pleased mate i'm pleased you're giving it a go and i'm pleased it's worked out for you so yeah keep doing it keep yeah doing man it. me too yeah man I'm, I'm super pleased with it i mean i kind of want to like i said i want to want to feel that improvement on my other guitars but it's not it's a process isn't mm. it and the other thing to it remember is. is that this is something that isn't kind of like it's not set and forget you know you kind of over time, you're going to need to redo these things, and I might find that as I get more confident, I can improve on what I've done <clears throat> already. But mm-hmm. like, I really enjoyed going through those eight steps again, man. You know, just like taking the strings off, and I, I gave the frets a clean and a polish, and I, you know, I lemon oiled the fretboard, and I put 
um, you know, I lubricated <laughs> all the string passing points, including the the uh, you know the string post on the on the headstock, and I, I lubricated the you know where the strings pass over the saddles, and lubricated the nut, and gave the guitar a full polish and a clean down, and man, and just after a good hour of work on all that stuff, just sat down mm. to play it, and I was like, it's like a new guitar. This is great. You know, this is better than what you experience in the shop. You know, mm. you don't get mm. that. And people, music stores take the guitars out of the box, tune them up, cast an eye over them, make sure they're not broken, and then stick them on the wall. Um, I don't get it. <clears throat> I don't get it. I honestly don't. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt this conversation. However, if you're a regular listener, then you should definitely come and join us on our Facebook group, The Guitar Geek Hangout. You can interact with other listeners of the show, engage in general chit-chat about guitars, music and pedals, or just share images of your guitar collection for everyone to look at. Regardless, it's the next place you should visit online. Go and join The Guitar Geek Hangout on Facebook now before you carry on listening to the rest of this podcast. I'll wait here. Hey, welcome back. And, really? and maybe, no, I mean, I mean, from a sales and marketing perspective, it's such a maybe. Maybe, maybe they feel that they don't need to, right? And clearly, there's work involved. And yeah. in terms of volume, if you're a big guitar store, then mm. you know, um, I know a lot of guitar stores, particularly the online ones, are, get, are good at you know advertising that they give their guitars a you know hundred point check list, and it spends time with a tech before it gets point. shipped out. Oh, I don't know. I'm making up numbers. Maybe, maybe that's used cars. That's but, but whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean, whatever it is, they they go through a checklist. Holford's, Holford's winter guitar yeah. check. Yeah, that's your guitar exactly. ready they for do that, and, they, yeah. and they send it through to you. But like when I worked in a guitar store, when I, when I was a lad, no, when I when I worked in a guitar store, when yeah. when a guitar came in and we unboxed them. Hey, that was a cool, that was a cool time. It's yeah. like being a kid at Christmas. Yeah. Like the, the guitars have come in, let's unbox it. Let's see what we got. It's brilliant. It's great. Because I used to just sit in the store and play these guitars all day anyway. I used to sell a few every now and again. But I digress. The point was, we'd take them out of the box and we'd play them and we'd go, ah, oh, that's pretty decent. Actually, that, you know, that's set at a, a nice level. It's left the factory. Great. Um, fine. Give it a dust, put a price tag on it, stick it up on the, on the rack. More often than not, we take it out of the box and we go, strings are tarnished from being in storage for a while. Stick a new set of strings on it, dial in the action, do the eight, do the eight basic steps. I mean, we didn't call it that. We just say, no, give it a setup, put a new set of strings on it, then put it on the shelf. Because from a customer perspective, I really hate this and I'm seeing this so much more than I ever used to when I was younger. You walk into a guitar shop, ask to try it out, sit down and play it. The thing's not in tune. It's poorly set up. It's got a tarnished mass set of mm. strings on it that have clearly just been been oxidized from just it sitting in storage or or whatever for too long. And then mm. you're expected to try it out and fall in love with it and part with your hard-earned cash. It's mm. like I've I've literally been in guitar stores where where I've given them, you know, the feedback and they've said, Oh, what do you think? Do you like it? And I said, Well, I think the guitar's nice, but it's just so badly set up and needs a new set of strings on it that I'm not gonna buy it because you know, it needs work doing mm. to it. So, you know, I'll give you I'll give you the opportunity if you want to give it to your tech and and do some basic setup and maintenance work on it so that I can actually try the guitar out, then I'll entertain mm. buying it. But I'm not gonna do it if you're if you're not gonna put in the work into to make the guitar as good as it can be. And so I, I just think it's a really silly thing from a, a sales perspective. It shows it shows a lack yeah. of pride and and care and attention to me. And I'm seeing it more and more in guitar stores where it comes out of the box and it goes on the shelf. 
And I've even seen mm. this practice, which I really dislike because I think it's just mugging the customer off. Mm. Where um, uh, and I, and they've tr- and certain guitar stores have tried it with me when I've when I bought stuff. Where I've said, um, "Will you set the guitar up if, if it's near or there or thereabouts?" But I know it needs a setup, and this is silly because I know I'm going to do it mm. myself anyway. But it's my time and and and, and effort as well. I'm like, can you set this up for me before I get it? Mm-hmm. And they go, oh, well, what we normally advise, sir, is that you take it home and play it for a few months or so and mm-hmm. then bring it back to us and and we'll set it up because it's a guitar and it needs time to settle in and it's brand new and you need to get used to it. I'm like, what a, what a load of drivel. That's just a way of pushing it down the road for the customer and yeah, avoiding, avoiding uh, the cost. cost. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. like, no, you can put a new set of strings on it and set it up and get it get it nice if you want me... I mean, back in the day when I was, if so, you know, one a customer would never say that to a guitar we, we were mm. selling because our guitars were well maintained and kept in good order, and we changed the strings on them if they've been sitting on the shelf for you know six months. Yeah. Change the strings out on that one; it's been there too long with those set of strings on. No one's going to buy it, you know. Mm. Anyway, I went off on a bit of a rant there about things that annoy me when I go into guitar shops. But no, I absolutely you, like them. Would you go to a used car dealership or even a new car dealership for that matter? Yeah, and the the cars the cars covered in dirt and you know it's been mm. out on fifteen test drives and there's mm. mud all over the inside from where somebody's done it and they go here you go here's our here's our car do you want to buy it and you go um, no because it looks it's not it's not right it's not yeah. how you present something for sale no exactly that maybe I like the car maybe I want to buy it from you but I'm not going to take it from you until you've presented it in an acceptable form for yeah. delivery right a clean ready exactly. to go with a bit of pride you know outside and inside yeah. at least you know hoover it out and dust it down i mean i completely yeah. agree i think i um it surprises me that, yeah. um you know more stores don't take more pride in the instruments they're selling yeah. and actually you know the co- what's the cost to it's just time <sighs> really because you might bit. put a new set of strings on, but how much do guitar... I mean, guitar stores, that's where the margin is in guitar stores, right? Because the cost of a pack of strings to them at cost nothing. price is nothing, really, for the sake of stick a, stick a pair of raw to sound on, you know, it's going to cost you a guitar store a couple of quid to put a nice... And whilst you're changing the strings, oil or clean the fretboard, just give it a once-over, half an hour, check, check a few of those basic things, check exactly. the action, make a few adjustments, stick it up on your shelf... You know, yeah. and then it's ready to go. And actually, that little bit of time that you spent, it might have cost you a few quid in parts and, you know, a tenner in time for the person that you employ in your shop to do that or whatever. But that actually might yeah. mean you sell it six months faster than you would cool, have done. Exactly. You know, I mean, it's it's pays to... You've got to speculate to accumulate, haven't you? So why not do those things? Have some... Right, so here's have some pride. Have some pride in what yeah. you do. So... To all those guitar stores out there that take a guitar out of the box and stick it on the shelf without even checking it over, shame on you. Shame on you. And for those of you that fob off your customers by saying, oh, go and try it, sir, for a few months and then bring it back and we'll we'll talk about having it set up for you. Shame on you. How dare you? For any of those guitar stores that do the opposite and take it out of the box, give it a once over give it a tweak and a little setup just to make it a much more comfortable playing experience for because the guitar is adjusted or mm-hmm. acclimatized or the strings are tarnished in, in transit and storage and they get it nice before they hang it up on the shelf. Good on you. Mm-hmm. You've got pride in what you do and you will, I hope you sell as many guitars as you wish to. And if you do, are one of those guitar stores, get in contact with us and we'll give yeah. you a shout out and we'll say, a shout this, out. Is a, this is a guitar store to go to because they have pride yeah. in what they do. 
Because there's no, da- I have no doubt in my mind that some of the bigger <laughs> guitar stores that are well-known all around the world are the ones that don't yeah. do that well enough. Oh, they don't do it. For they sure. don't do it. Oh, we can't yeah. do it. We sell hundreds of guitars every day and the cost of doing mm. that and our customers don't know the dip, blah, blah. Shame on you. Mm. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Have pride in the industry you represent. Don't just shift units. Yeah. Shift shift instruments that are going to make Man. people happy to play the guitar. <laughs> I've got I've got I've got a very good friend, close friend of mine I've known for years who works uh in the office at a very large guitar store in this country, a very famous mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. based out of uh the southeast and you mm-hmm. know one with a very prominent YouTube channel. I'm not going to say oh, yeah. any more about them, but he says their phone is ringing off the hook every day with people wanting to return things and not happy with what they get. Um, and I think that's you know, testament to that, you know. Yeah. It's, it's, not, it's not, it's it's not, not good. rocket science. It's not yeah. rocket science. And it's, the way I was schooled in the guitar shop is have, have pride in what you're selling and presenting exactly to the customer. That. I mean, that's how you have a successful business where somebody, I mean, people will pay for that. They'll pay a little bit extra versus shifting units, you know, online and at, at pace to make money. They'll pay a bit extra for knowing that somebody has selected the guitar, made it made it as good as it can be, and then handed it to them in a way that, that is it's it's fit for fit for purpose. Anyway. R- r- well yeah, of course you would. Of course you but would. But you asked me that you asked me the question and we've we've you know this week and how we've and we've gone on to this little rant, this little pontification, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know about yourself, mate. How's your week been? With you know, what have yeah. you done guitar-wise? Yeah, what have I done? Um, well, I, I think I mentioned to you last time that that January and February seem to be silly season for for people um, maybe playing guitar their guitars over Christmas and realizing that they need their guitar set up. So then they get in touch with me in January and February, and mm. maybe it's the cold weather that kicks in and, and throws things out. I don't know, but I've been maybe inundated. It's, it's quiet time for gigs, I'd imagine as well. So, you know, there you go. There you go. It's, it's quite time. You're out doing weddings and stuff weekend, weekend, weekend in, weekend yeah. out for the summer. Now's the time, I imagine, where they've got the most opportunity to, you know, yeah. give you their instruments for a week too, and not have to worry about yeah. not having a guitar at home, right? Yeah, exactly. So, so I've been doing a fair bit of that, which is, again is really enjoyable. I, I, I love, I love just, I love doing doing setups and stuff on guitars and giving their guitar, guitar back to somebody and them going, "Wow, this feels brilliant." It's yeah. really, it's really rewarding. Um, it's not my main job. I do it. I do it as a side uh, hustle, yeah. as it were, and um, I take on the work that I want to take on, really, because it's not my main mm. main job. Mm. And um, yeah, I just, it's, I just, I just love, I love doing it. But it's, um, which is kind of what prompted these these last few episodes where we've had a segment mm. on here's some stuff mm. you can do yourself. Because although I've accrued these this knowledge and practiced it over more than half my life, so it's second mm. nature to me. Um, kind of feels like cheating a little bit really on some of it because you, you can do it yourself with the right tools and and confidence and practice some people can't and, and that's yeah, but fine I could, because they i could yeah. install central heating in my house with the right tools the right confidence and the time but i really don't want to and if i mess it up then that's a serious <laughs> problem right that's why that's why people pay for expertise you know so there you go <laughs> yeah that's true that's true that is true that is true. uh and maybe people and some people it's it's, it's often surprising to me because this is different to my outlook and the conversations that you and i have but the number of musicians pro musicians who i speak to <clears throat> incredible musicians um 
but have no desire to um, to learn that side of the the the, the instrument. Right. Yeah. They they are and, and and nor should they have to. It's not a rule. It's not you know just because I can I can drive a car doesn't mean I've got any idea about how to change the spark plugs. Mm. Um, I mean I do, but I, I don't do it myself because I'd rather pay someone else to do it. Um, so there is that element of it. Anyway, anyway. So you've had a busy week. You're still busy then with doing setups for people. <clears throat> yeah, and then learned a few new songs for the set list, uh, which I've got a gig tomorrow night up in Swindon. It's a, it's a bit of a crack. Oh, yeah, you do that night. every few every few months, is it? You, one of your guys in your band is up in Swindon, so you go and do a yeah, gig up there. Yeah, a couple of hours drive. But, yeah, trying out the new numbers. So, Excellent. yeah, looking forward to those. There's some good ones in there. We're doing... Uh, Elton John's Saturday Night, oh. uh, which is really good fun to play on a guitar. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a lot of work considering this is only a four piece. Yeah. Um, you, we, but, I used to play that in yeah. Lucy's band. Did you? And she did a version, because Nickel, did you know Nickelback did a version of it? No. A really no. rocking, a rocking version. No. Yeah, yeah you should really? check it out. That's the version we did. It's fantastic. It's all guitars, it mate. It's fantastic. Nice. Oh, I'll have to have a listen to that. But I, we got it <laughs> sounding pretty, pretty decent. Yeah. Excellent. Nickelback have come up a lot in our conversations yeah, I recently. <laughs> I know. What have we done? Uh, I, uh, oh, actually, I was chat. I was chatting to. Uh, I was chatting to the drummer in our band. Uh, he and I often have these little text conversations about music and stuff that we listen to, very mm. much like 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 you and I do or other friends. That's, that's that's nice that you talk to the drummer. <laughs> well, he's al- he's also a guitarist as well. Oh, so, okay, yeah. excellent. Yeah, <laughs> phenomenal drummer, and um, he's really into heavy heavy music. Right, he really okay. loves his like like metal and all, all the way from modern stuff to, to kind of uh, throwback stuff. But I don't think he'd heard any Nickelback. And he was like, yeah, I've never really gone to Nickelback. I was like, yeah, I don't think it would agree with your kind of metal tendencies. They were always a little bit, you know, frowned upon for, <laughs> for, for not really being angry enough or whatever. So yeah. I sent him a few, I sent him a few uh, tracks to listen to. And he's like, this is actually pretty good. And I'm like, yeah, it is. Anyway. So yeah, Saturday night, Elton John we're doing. Uh, What else we do? Uh, Tom Jones, Stereophonics. Mama told me not to come. Yeah, that's a good track. That I haven't played that. I've heard that for a while. Yeah, 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 it's a good track. So that that one, um, "Love Really Hurts Without You," Billy Ocean. (laughs) It's just that's a party piece. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Except we've got to drop it. It's a good good song. song. We heard it at a wedding gig that we did last year. And spontaneously, all of us, while we were in the dressing room, just started singing along to it. And we're like, this is like a, a secret shame song that we're, yeah, we're, that we're no. all liking. Shall we? We're all really getting into this way too much. Yeah. Uh, shall we chuck it in the set? So, yeah, uh, six months later, it's gone in the set now. Although, Fantastic. Uh, and, our, and our singer can hit very high notes. Um, we have had to drop drop the key significantly because, yeah. damn, that's a, that's a high song. Um <laughs> What else? There's one more. Oh yeah, Robbie Williams. Let me entertain you. Mm. Oh, nice. Two yeah, yeah. F major Again, power chords. F major, F major power chords all the way. Yeah. Again, sounding surprisingly good considering it's just a four piece. But that's where delay pedals and wah pedals and lashings of <laughs> lashings of distortion and crunch tones used uh, at various 
game staging just, helps just, create a wall of noise. How am I going to play this? How am I going to play Just press everything, Kieran. Just turn <laughs> everything yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> I've got to do a keyboard. I've got to do the keyboard parts, the guitar parts, and the brass um, solo. And it's just oh like, there's, there's, there's only there's only one of me. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> but a trombone hanging that. out your backside. Well, just, anyway, you need a MIDI exactly. guitar, don't you? You need, a, you need a guitar with that one. Was it the old, um, didn't Fender do like the VG Strat or something that had MIDI built in so you could just have like a connection to your amp, but also to like a, maybe that's what you need. Maybe you need a synth. Maybe that's your next rig. You oh. need a synth rig so you can actually trigger some like I'm joking by the way. I could tell the way you're wincing. Yeah. For our listeners, obviously you can't oh. see us, but Kieran looks like he's just smelt a really bad fart all of a sudden. <laughs> Maybe he has to actually <laughs> It's whenever anybody any any mention of the word MIDI comes up, it just fills me with like because oh. I remember playing around with MIDI stuff back in like the nineties and just thinking this this is just you know, I need like a computer degree to understand any of this. I'm sure it's all very simple nowadays, but yeah, MIDI MIDI and me is uh, never. I think never, it's just as complex. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it is, and my brain is just not. Yeah, yeah. But guitar playing is where I go to escape uh, any of the technical stuff and just like to make some noise exactly as anyone who's ever played with me will know zero music theory just lots of guitar faces and uh, pentatonic shenanigans maybe it needs to be louder that's the answer to everything maybe i'm not quite getting this part right just play it louder just yeah i I just stomp on some more pedals that's it that's my answer (laughs) how do i make actually having said that though i am really interested i don't know if you've tried this out but i'm going to see if i can get hold of one um so they appear to be pretty rare at the moment but TC Electronic did this pedal uh, called the Mimic or something, which basically is like a it's like a doubling pedal, yeah. but it's a bit more sophisticated than just a basic like doubling delay. It actually yeah. supposedly takes your input guitar signal, mm. and I know I think I think maybe it's designed best to be used in stereo, and I don't have a stereo rig, but I think you can I think you can cheat it just with a normal normal rig. I think it still works. You can, yeah, them, I know about mono. this pedal. You know about it, and it, so if if I if it's correct in what I've kind of read about it, it just thickens up your tone, but it actually does something supposedly quite clever, where it takes your input signal and then instantaneously like creates this slightly different attack sounding delayed second guitar over yeah. the top of it or something, which basically makes it's trying to mimic the the sound of two guitarists playing rather than one, which. Yeah. Um, I'm quite intrigued by it if I can get hold of one of these pedals, which I can't. Yeah, so there's some good, there's some good reviews online of them, and some good uh, videos of like some like metal players. Metal players seem to love it because obviously okay. that's something you do a lot in metal. You double track and triple track your guitars to get that huge sound, and mm. it's not the same as just having a short delay. You know, if you had yeah. the mimics, what it's doing, it's just doing a very short delay, like maybe 20 to 30 milliseconds or whatever. So mm-hmm. you hear this other signal. But the difference is if you did that, then it's always going to be 20 or 30 milliseconds, everything you play. Whereas right. if you're double tracking your guitar in your studio, you're going to be coming in and out. You might be 20 milliseconds uh-huh. earlier or 20, 20 milliseconds after, or you might be 40 milliseconds. You, know, you get this kind of movement. So the, what the mimic's yeah. doing is as well as doing that delay, it's constantly randomly changing the delay time as well. God. So that it feels more naturally like a second guitarist is, is mm. it's a really, really clever pedal, but it is, a, it is essentially just use of delay in a particular context. Yeah. And it's, but it sounds fantastic. From I think it does work really well in a mono setup as well. I, I think, think you do benefit in stereo, but 
Still, mm. you know, that's probably a great thing because you could stamp on that just for choruses, you know, things like that's that. That's it. When you get that wide. Which I, which I, I use my delay pedal. It's made me think I maybe I need to get another delay pedal because I like I like a longer delay yes, and do. a more atmospheric delay in in some in some kind of solos and stuff yeah. where you want to where you want to add that. But invariably, I'm using my delay pedal now within this band just to add that short little delay that almost yeah. you don't really notice it in the mix. Yeah. Um, other than it makes the guitar just sound fuller it does, and more. It? Opens more, it up more. It almost makes it, it feel like a room. You're adding, you're adding the sound of a room. You're like the sound yeah. you get from like that first reflection from the back That's of a it. room. It's like that, isn't it? It's subtle. It's more of a feel. Yeah, it's thing. better. It's better than a reverb than just adding lashings of reverb to it. It does yeah. more, more than that. Um, so yeah, either a second delay pedal. But if I can get, because I think TC Electronic did a mini version of this mimic pedal, mm. which is the which is what I'm after. I think you can still get hold of the full kind of size. One, but I don't really want or oh, have the space of footprint on my board left to accommodate that. And I think when it when it first released, I think like there were some places that were doing it for like twenty five, thirty quid. Yeah, yeah, um, which is a bargain. So I'm just trying to I'm trying to find um, even a second hand one of these little mimic minis that I can. I think the price has jumped up now. I think because they've been discontinued or something, you can't yeah. get them for that price. But so I think people are selling them for silly money. But yeah. Anyway, just on that subject of how you can thicken out your guitar sound. Um, but you do need another delay pedal. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I, in all honesty, if I can't get hold of one of these, would you would you do that? Just keep uh, get like another little mini delay. I know you wouldn't. You'd get a Helix rig and a Catalyst. But um, <laughs> if, if I did one, should I just do that? Just whack another delay pedal on the end of the board and just have that as like a shorter delay for thickening out the sound. You could do. You could. You could just use a, sh- a short delay. But like I said, the problem mm. is it, it wouldn't. It, it would be very fixed, and mm. Um, mm. you might not yeah. try it. Try it. I mean, you know, use whatever delay pedal you've got now. Low feedback, so you just get one repeat. Mm-hmm. Short, mm-hmm. short delay time. Set the level how mm. you like it, and see how it feels. You know, and then mm. go from there. So if, if you like it, then the mimic's going to do that, but even better. Um, the Mimic is available still online, but yeah, the price has shot up by the looks of it. I mean, the mini mm. one you can get for about a hundred quid on reverb. I'd oh. wait until the price comes back down. That always happens with TC Electronic. They always do. Mm. You know, you'll see their prices change quite drastically sometimes, depending. I on think what. it's a few years old now. I think it is. I think it's a. I think it's a good four or five years old. So I just wonder if it's yeah. been discontinued now, and and that's why the secondhand market has gone through the roof. That's a good point. Like, Maybe it is. It's not doing them anymore. I think that's what put me off buying it, knowing that it was a £25 pedal that people are selling for 100 odd quid now. It just annoys me. But it could be. Yeah. You, you, you could be right. Maybe that's what it is. It could be that it's literally been discontinued and now because mm. people do love that pedal in, you know, um, certain situations for live use, for doubling up a single guitar sound. Maybe it's just become, mm. you know, really, really popular. But... Um, I'm just having a look on TC's website. I can't see it. Maybe, maybe it is discontinued. Mm. If you know, leave us a comment in wherever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Guitar, or if you're a TC Electronic listening to this and you've got any any new old stock sitting there that you'd like to lend the Guitar Smarts podcast for me to try out at a gig and give you a yet another favourable review of TC Electronic. That now that there's two another. of your pedals yeah. on my board, what have I got on there? I've got the Polytune and I've got the Spark Mini Boost now as Ooh. well. Absolutely, and if you go back about 20 episodes when we did a £300 pedal board challenge, my pedal board was almost entirely TC Electronic, <laughs> well, guys. TC so Electronic. 
<laughs> you are a massive TC Electronic fanboy. Well, but uh, for good reason. Value for money. Great That's why, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. But anyway. We're not, spons- we're not sponsored by them and they haven't no, sent us exactly. any free stuff yet. So, you know, we, we can but dream. Chance would be a fine <laughs> thing. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, mate, let's, let's wrap this up, right? Not the podcast. Let's yeah. wrap up the series that we've been doing over the last few sure. weeks now because we had that fantastic episode about the trust rod, which was super informative. Last week was massively helpful too in terms of what we do to set up bridges, uh, terminal systems, etc. Um, and the final kind of piece of this whole guitar action um, mm. setup piece um, is uh, is to do with the guitar nut, right? So let's let's make a start. What, what where do you start with that? Well, it's 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 easy to check pretty much at any stage. You can you, so I'll teach you how to measure it first, right? Great, um, okay. Because because as you did with your with your telly this week, you kind mm. of check the truss rod relief using yeah. the ways that we'd shown you. You checked um, the uh, action at the nut because mm-hmm. you and I had a little text exchange around uh, uh, how to do that. You knew how to do it anyway, but you checked it, mm. and then and then you determined that okay, now this is this is mostly a saddle issue. So you went and corrected that. So I'll teach you how to to, to very quickly measure it. <clears throat> but what I would say is, if it's something that you're then going to go and adjust, which as I said, I think think for for a lot of people, just plucking up the courage and the confidence and going slowly with this. You should be able to, to to give it a go, and it gets yeah. incredible incredible results. You'll be you will be surprised at how taking off the smallest amount of material gives such huge benefits and and, and impact um, mm. to the playability of the guitar. It's quite mind blowing. But um, so I'd say action, action action at the nut, right? In order to to measure it, let's start there. So what you need to do is press down on the third fret. Um, I generally use my thumb of my right hand. So again, while you're sitting in a playing position with the guitar on your lap, um, or you could have it up on a bench. There's no, there's no drama there. But I, I often find it's easier to, to to have a look at these things with the guitar in playing position while I'm sat down on my lap. Press mm-hmm. down on the third fret, okay, uh, and then. Again, like we did for, do you remember when we were doing the truss rod where we were doing quite a big stretch by pressing down our thumb on, yeah. on, 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 on the, on the kind of, uh, higher end frets and then, and then reaching over into the middle of the neck. Mm-hmm. Um, this mm-hmm. time it's a much shorter stretch. So you, you take your thumb and then you reach over as you're pressing down on the third fret. Let's say we're on the sixth, uh, mm-hmm. string, the low E. I'm pressing down on the third fret of the low E and I'm reaching over with my index finger, my first finger, and then just looking yeah. to press, press down. Um, on the on the first fret okay. area. So right? just so just a couple of fret, fret stretch, not not That's fret it. stretch. That's not easy. <laughs> so literally thumb on the third fret to flatten the string down against that fret, yeah. and then I'm tapping on the on top of the string onto the top of the thir- first fret first itself, fret. right? Exactly. We're, so we're not fret we're not fretting the string Thank like you. you would when you're playing. You're tapping the string so that it touches the the metal of the fret itself, right? Exactly. Got it. Okay. And you're and you're, ta- you're tapping down or pressing down, and what you're basically trying to do is mm. see how much how much clearance is on mm. each string in turn as you as you go mm. through this on each string relative to the top of that first fret. So you're just trying to mm-hmm. see how how much. Let me say in in maybe simpler terms. Well, you're pressing down on the third fret. See how much bounce there is as you press down. Mm-hmm. On the first, on the first fret, whilst holding at the third fret, effectively what you've done is you've created a straight edge, mm-hmm. right, bet- between the first fret and the nut. Got it. Okay. But but sorry, between the third fret and the nut. 
Right? Yes. And, right. and, and you, you've created a straight edge between the third fret mm-hmm. and the nut, and you're pressing down at the first fret to see how much um, yeah. uh, clearance there is there. And I'm assuming you don't actually want much clearance, right? You just want it to there be enough clearance so that you can basically hear a tap of the string. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. So, so it's this, and this is where the art and science kind of overlaps here, right? So basically, it should be able to bounce a f- just a small, small amount before it touches that first, right. but only, only just, right? Okay. Um, now, if you want to be more scientific about this, you can get your feeler gauge, mm-hmm. um, and, and you can, as you're pressing down on the third fret, you can look to slide your feeler gauge in between the yeah. first fret wire yeah. and, and, and the, um, the, the, the bottom of the string, right? Mm-hmm. Now, if you're someone that's into measurements and stuff like that, I would say, like, for your low E, I mean, this is how fractional we're talking. So you're going to need feeler gauges that can deal with this type of tolerance. But 0.15 millimeters on wow. the low E and top E, these are measurements taken off one of my guitars, is 0.08 millimeters. Wow. So that's th- tiny, are, isn't it? This is, <sighs> you know. Right. <laughs> so on the, on the low E strings, mm-hmm. you'll definitely be able to see, like, even though it sounds minuscule. You'll be able to see that tiny little bit of bounce mm. on the on the top E strings or the the top E string or the B or the G. Literally, you're looking for about I you know the 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 old old way of doing this was to get a, a cigarette paper, you know, like the old mm, uh, Rizzler yeah. papers, yeah. and see if that slid underneath and use that almost as a feeler gauge because yeah. it's, it's it's that thing. <laughs> and another way to do it is. Just listen, use your ears. Like, yeah. it, can you tap? And it just makes that little high-pitched kind of clinking noise as you tap on the fret. If you can hear yeah. that, you know you've got some clearance. You might not even be able to see it with your eyes. That's true. But yeah, you can it might hear be so it. close you that you can can't it. see it. But there's enough space so that when you do tap it, it just makes that noise as it travels onto the... Because even if it, if you don't get any noise when you tap it and you can't quite see, then it's probably just touching, right? It's And it might be too low. And it might yeah, be too low, it might be, okay. It might be too low, right? Mm. The danger is, right? So so certainly on the low E, the A and the D strings, you're going to be mm. able to want to see some clearance. And as I've said, it's, it's, it's going to be very small clearance. We're talking like 0.15, 0.2 of a, a millimetre uh, clearance. And you should you will be able to see that by eye. It will, it will basically be a very small little bounce before it touches the... the, mm-hmm. the but certainly enough that you'll see it. Um, and you want that bit of extra clearance on those lower strings because they're thicker strings, they reverberate more, they, they arc through their travel a bit more. So you, you want a bit more space. With those top strings, like the G, the B and the, the top E... You can really, if you if you get this right, you can get a really small amount of, right. of clearance before it then touches the top of that first fret. And <clears throat> when you start, I mean, what we're talking about here is the action, really. When you're when you're doing those open chords that we all kind of love love to play and 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 go, I mean, it just yeah. makes them effortless. It feels like the strings aren't even underneath your fingers when you're when you're playing them. It's wonderful, but. Um, it will have a surprising impact on the action all the way up to the twelfth fret. You'll be amazed, really? and so so you'll re- need to go and back and just recheck some of the bits that you've done with your truss mm. rod and, and, and saddle stuff. But but only just to, to double check. But it's it's incredible um, what difference it get it is cutting the nut slot 
as low as you can, but not too low. And this is the danger, not too low. So that mm-hmm. then what happens is, is you've got not enough clearance. Mm-hmm. And when you play those open strings, they will buzz out because they're mm-hmm. now then hitting the first fret, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so okay, yeah, that's, so- how, that's, how, that's how we measure it. So yeah, so let's say we've made a measurement and I've come to the conclusion that I've actually got quite a high nut. So, and it's apparent across all the strings, maybe at slightly varying levels. Is there, um, and and I'm thinking as an engineer here, so so not everyone who's listening may may think the same way, but I guess there's there's two things that you could measure if you're measuring this. And one is that, let's say I make a measurement, yes, the nut, the nut is high, but mm-hmm. I've got a different height issue for each string. I'm assuming yeah. you would then cut each nut slot to, to correct exactly. that. But if exactly. I had a nut that was consistently high, so each yeah. string was a consistent amount, is it still a valid way of solving the problem to take the nut off and take height off of it from underneath so that you're not actually changing the nut slots, but you're just changing the the actual size of the nut itself. Would would your approach be to always try and lower the slot to be the correct height? You know, is, or is yeah, it both approaches? Personally, okay? yes. Right, but, okay. Well, um, no, nothing's nothing's wrong in doing okay. it, right? But um, I would only go for the approach that you've described if the nut is significantly like oversized mm-hmm. and and the sl- slots are already not cut anywhere near deep enough sometimes you get a guitar where the nut has literally just been chucked in there i see mm-hmm. it very rarely on particularly mm-hmm. new instruments more often than not even cheaper instruments more often than not they've just cut the nut slots um, on on the generous slot side, and actually, you could dial that in a lot better. But they do right. it just as a kind of you know get them near near as damn it kind of approach. It's very rare that I see a nut that's just completely cut so well, badly that they're, they're, they're that high. Well, I guess on a cheaper guitar, arguably the person who's fitting the nuts is probably not a luthier, right? That's probably just yeah. a trained person on a specific part of that production line, and they're meant to do something within a certain tolerance, right? Which may not yeah. always be perfect, could always be better. So I guess yeah. you're talking about trying to make things better and, you know, within you're tightening those tolerances, aren't you? You're, you're, yeah. you're trying to make it as good as it can be. Yeah. And taking the nut off the guitar is not, it shouldn't be a difficult process to do, mm-hmm. provided somebody hasn't, you know, used an excessive amount of extremely strong glue to glue it in literally yeah. when you when you when i replace the nut on a guitar or any luthier does i'm not a luthier i'm just a tech but you only need a tiny little bit of contact super glue in in, in there just to dots, hold sorry. it in place yeah tiny little dots just to hold it in place so that if you ever then need to change the nut later down the line a quick knock um and it, yeah. would, and it will nicely nicely come out but there's two reasons why i wouldn't advise taking the nut out unless you absolutely have to um, to, to achieve a lower nut action is because A, you always then do run the risk of damaging the, the, the finish around the nut when you're taking out a nut, depending mm-hmm. on how it's been, been glued in. And that's always a risk. Um, and so why, why take that risk? Um, secondly, I think it's a lot more time consuming to, and potentially you're likely to take off a lot more material than you need to by taking right. the nut out and sanding the sanding the underside of it down and then popping it back in putting all the strings back do on it unevenly as well right potentially do yeah. well yeah i mean 
yeah, I think I think it's a long way, winded way of doing it, and, and yeah, okay. probably not necessary. And you're likely to take too much off of it, and then you're going to end up having to shim the nut back up and all that kind of stuff. I would say the the easiest way and the tools that you will, that you should invest in are um, well, it's it's pretty simple. Maybe some feeler gauges, which we've spoken about before, just to to get the measurements um, right, um, and some proper nut slot cutting files. Um, this is where it is worth spending a little bit of money. Um, I've got the Stumac ones, which I use, which were I got them years ago, so they're phenomenally expensive and they probably still are, but they've served me really well and I know mm. they're accurate. But it's a set of files which effectively have uh, a, have have been made to a good tolerance, and so and and I have this set of files that matches um, mm. basically the string gauges. Um, Got it. Right. That are common, commonly used, right? So mm. I've got, I've got basically got files that will cut each string gauge mm-hmm. size based on a nine set of nines or a set of tens, and, mm-hmm. and and so you know you're cutting the nut slots accurately for the for the string that's going to go into it. But you can get nut nut uh, files from from Amazon, I dare say, and and I'm sure they'll they'll do do the job admirably mm. as long as you don't buy a completely cheap cheap set so look at the reviews but um yeah that's that's what you'll need is some that's an interesting point i guess as well because i suppose if you're used to using tens and you decide after listening to some joey landra for ariel pausing <coughs> that you want to go and get yeah. some 17s or something like that yeah. all of a sudden you're gonna need to adjust these things right you, you know your yeah. yeah your 17s aren't going to fit into the same nut slot as your tens used to fit into and you might end up with things like Tune instability issues, the string catching in the nut when it shouldn't, Correct. and pinging and things like that. So yeah, yeah, and actually, I mean, all the things we've discussed, you'd have to adjust, right? If you change your gauge, if you Correct. that's going to change your relief, that's going to change the balance of your tremolo. If you've got a balanced yep. tremp, yeah. Hmm. More often than more often than not, I mean, it's it's there or thereabout. So um, with the nut slot cutting files, if you're going up and down a gauge of string. So say you're going from nines to tens, you probably you you're probably not going to need to do anything to the nut. It's okay. not it's not that sensitive enough to to, to know. And certainly mm. y- your files will probably have a, a you know um you you yeah you might not have all of the files necessary to do that. But if you're making extreme changes in in string gauge like you mentioned then yeah you, you will have to address how that, that is on the nut. The mo- the most often thing when you're changing going from nines to ten on a guitar is the is the truss rod. Uh, relief because right. those right. those strings will pull will pull differently and exert a different tension and yeah. and that's probably the the only thing really that you're going to have to massively change. Mm-hmm. Okay. So cool. you ready to start cutting a cutting a nut? Uh, yeah. Then? What do I do, Kieran? I've got the I've got my I'm sat <laughs> my nut is on the table in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> what do I do to, to, to well how how do I make sure I do it well and what are the mistakes to avoid? So, uh, okay. So first, what I would do is if you've determined that your nut slots are too high, right? They're, they're, there's hmm. too much bounce and too much travel going on Yeah. while you're pressing on the third fret and then pressing down on the first fret. You, you can see actually that these can come down, right? The first hmm. thing I would do is say lay, lay your guitar on a, on a nice work surface, nice and flat, supporting the... Um, Guitar body and supporting the uh, neck nicely, so mm-hmm. like get a, get a proper neck rest or or something right, to, okay. to, to support the the guitar neck. There's loads available that you can use. Um, 
but you want your guitar on a nice working surface. So we're not, we're not gonna do this in the playing position anymore. This needs to be lying flat, face up with the neck supported. What I would also do if, if you're a little bit nervous or doing this for the first time is get some of that, that kind of paper masking tape um, and, and put a couple of strips behind the nut on the headstock okay. Okay. just to protect the finish there in case you do over energetically go a little bit too far and, and the file Got hits the, the headstock. Um, uh, you, you might want to put some on the, on the first fret as well, just to protect it there, but you shouldn't need to. But if you're, if you're in doubt, worry, just put some of that, that masking tape either, either side of the nut, basically. Yeah. Got it. Then using the right and thickness file per mm-hmm. string gauge, um, what you need to do is effectively, you can keep all the strings on the guitar. In fact, you need to keep all of the strings on the guitar, right? Mm-hmm. And keep, and keep the guitar up to pitch okay. apart from the apart from the string that you're working on so you're going to sequentially be going from the sixth string to the top each string okay. you're going to work work down the strings in that systematic way so guitars tuned up to pitch all the strings are on at tension and so we're going to work on the low e string first we know this is too high and and, and needs to come down okay so so gen- gently loosen the tension on that string Mm-hmm. Um, enough such that you can just lift the string out of its current nut slot and have it sitting outside of the, it, of, the of the nut slot. Yeah, but you don't need to slacken it off so it's completely flapping around the place. Cool. Then uh, let's let's say we're using a set of ten to forty sixes, right? Got so it. I I need to find my nut file that is you know, forty six. Forty six. Yeah. Right? Okay. Not, not rocket science. Then what you want to do. Is um, what I do is I, I I position my body over the guitar, so I'm looking down on the neck, and I've got a nice clear line of sight mm-hmm. uh, along the top of the the neck, and and I can see that my the the angle that my file is going into the the nut slot itself mm-hmm. is 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 nice and 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 straight. I'm not carving. I'm not about to cut the nut at a weird angle. So make sure you can sight. You know, rest rest your file yeah. in that nut in that nut slot. But yeah. before you start cutting, make sure that you've got a nice straight line that follows. Yeah, the, good the, point. The, the line and you want to make neck. sure it's also perfectly like. So you want it to kind of not do this tilt left or right. So as you're cutting, yeah, you're going exactly. across. You want to be going. You want to be cutting perfectly down and perfectly yes. in line of the string travel, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Kind so of like, it's kind of like snooker, right? You yeah, want to be yeah. down, making sure your cue's straight and that you're not trying. <laughs> That's it. That's it. And, and the best way to do that is not sat in a chair looking at it. Yeah. It's, it's stood up and over the top of the guitar. So you Got can it. see that, that your file is, is perfectly, um, kind of perpendicular to the, to the, to the nut slot in that mm-hmm. way. And that, it, and that, and that any cutting that you do make is going in a nice straight line in and out of the, the nut slot. So you can practice that without applying any pressure. You can just make sure that as you, you know, have a few yeah. practice runs before you do it if this is your first time doing it. Then what I would um, do is, as you're about to cut, what you actually want to do, ideally, is not cut the nut slot absolutely straight down and evenly. Um, you want to be angling the file slightly towards the back uh, of the nut, yeah. as if it's pointing down to the headstock. And what that does is it creates a nice break angle as the string travels through the nut slot. Right. It almost exits the nut slot at a, at a downward pivot point towards the tuning peg, if that Got makes it. sense. Because also, I guess, if you don't do that and you accidentally do it towards, then then actually the string leaves the nut at the wrong point and you could end up with mm. the string being longer. 
the like the mm. actual vibrating mm. part, of, and then you can end mm. up with noise in the nut, can't you? As the string vibrates in mm. the nut, it shouldn't mm. be. It should like that that edge of the nut where the fretboard starts. That should be the last point the string touches. Correct. So it's kind of like correct. yeah, yeah. Got the it. other thing that you can do that you'll know, and it's and it's and it's correctable. So don't panic. Mm-hmm. And it particularly happens on the on the higher strings, the 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 thinner strings, is that. If you haven't got your nut file nice and dead uh, perpendicular and 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 uh, at the at the right angle, you'll end up almost carving like a two grooves in the bottom of the nut slot. And have you ever had it where you've got a guitar and you're doing a string bend or something and you can hear it pinging? Yes, like this Is little moving pinch. from groove to groove almost. It's in mo- the nut. Oh, yeah, okay. that's exactly what's happening. And you can correct that very easily just yeah. by cutting that nut slot very gently again and, and smoothing out any yeah. kind of um, high points that you've got. But that's maybe something for a tech to do. Um, uh, but but you, can, you, can, you can even that out. Anyway, on our low E string, which is where we've started, we're basically going to do maybe no more than four gentle, evenly applied passes of that file. Backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, mm-hmm. stop, stop. Yeah. And, and and we've done those passes uh, at a slight downward uh, angle, as we've said, off the back of off the back of the nut. Yeah. But making making sure that we're still catching most of the nut slot, but as it's coming down off the back, just giving yeah. it a little bit extra. And all I've done there is four passes: one forward, mm-hmm. one back; one forward, one back. Okay, literally and, and, just and, that's and, it: one forward, back; one forward, back. I guess because and, you can always <clears> take more material off, but if you go too far, you can just can't add it back on, right? Exactly, you and, when, and you'll on, get yeah. a feel for this. The more nut mm-hmm. you cut, you'll get a feel for the nut material, how much mm. the, your file is taking off each time, um, and you'll you'll get a feel for that very quickly. But right. the key the key tool you're going to need for doing this job is patience and concentration. Right, once you've got your nut files, it's about patience and concentration. Yeah, <laughs> because the temptation is is you do this too quickly yeah. or you get zealous with it yeah. and you'll end up taking off too much material and then having to correct it, which is going to be a, a, a longer time-consuming thing than had you just done a few passes at a time and then stopped. It's like when we talked about the truss rod, um, mm. you know, quarter mm. turn at a time, gently, gently, check it again. Yeah. This is even more important because with, where with a truss rod, you can just turn it back the other way. Um, yeah. With this, it's more difficult to put material yeah, that you've carved off, uh, away. It can be done, and I'll tell you how to do that in a minute. But um, so you've done your four passes, put the string back into the nut slot, bring it back up to tension, and do your measurement check again. Press yeah. down on the third fret. How much have I taken off? And if you've done this correctly, what you should see is that it looks pretty much no different. Okay. Like, oh, don't think I've taken anything <laughs> off. You have, but you just can't see it yet. Yeah. You need Play to do it. that test again, right? Yeah. Okay. Do the test again and play it and Got see. It. Okay. And go, no, no, there's still not any more that's been taken off. So you repeat that step again. Loosen off the string tension, guitar back on the bench, position your body in the right way, align the fret file into the into the slot as we described, yeah. and do another four passes. And you and if you're doing it correctly and patiently yeah. and taking your time, you might need to do that whole process for five times before you go okay that is now and it's almost a game with yourself which is how low because you will start to see the string go lower and look at it relative to the other strings Mm -hmm. that's the other way to do it is do your little measurement test on your third and first fret Mm -hmm. and go have i taken anything off well check it 
using the fifth string, which you haven't touched yet, yeah. your A string, yeah. and go, oh yeah, look, look, that one is much higher now than this one. So you can check it relative to the other strings. Mm-hmm. And just keep, just do it slowly and slowly to the point where Got you it. go, okay, I'm, I'm comfortable to stop there now. Okay. And, and if you're thinking to yourself, oh, I wonder if a bit more can come off that, mm. maybe it can, maybe it can, don't. Don't do it. You've really? probably taken it as far as you can. Right, and, okay. and, and your next sign. one will be the last one where you've gone, but bugger, I've gone too far now. And, yeah. now. and now what's happening is is the string, when I press on the third and then press on the first, there's no bounce left, but there's no movement left. And I've gone That's, too far. Yeah. Um, How do you... So, and, sorry, yeah. carry on, carry on, Kieran. Don't mean to interrupt. And I was going to say, the other way to check without measuring is to, is to pluck the string okay. and, and double check you're not hearing or beginning to hear any any buzzing that's right, gonna, okay. that can creep in that's um but do do that yeah uh and do it and do the same process on each of those strings mm-hmm. uh so once you've done the sixth string that's done then repeat the process on the fifth string exactly the same but using the appropriate nut file for the fifth string string gauge yeah and and then you'll have got two strings done and then you can see that the remaining yeah. four strings will be will be higher and you just don't, keep working working your way forget, all the way through don't forget to change the file as you go from string to string don't Please. accidentally use Please. your sixth string file <laughs> for everything. No. <laughs> I bet that no. happens i bet there's luthiers out there that have got halfway through carving a brand new bone nut they've spent hours in and they suddenly realize oh i've been doing the third string with the fourth string i forget it and then you kind of you go, do what do you once. do then? Do you, you mix really dust do. with glue and try and add it, add material back in or something like that? Well, this is the thing. If you do go too far, look, it's not mm. the end of the world. Okay, mm. you don't, you don't, you don't need to to chastise yourself and 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 feel in any way a failure because I still do this mm. uh, periodically. Uh, confessions of a of a of a guitar tech. Um, I still do this on my own instruments more often than a customer's instruments. Yeah. Um, because, um, I just like to see how, how, how far I can push things. I was going to say, you're, you're, you're probably trying to stretch the boundaries of, you know, <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you want your guitar action to be measured in microns, don't you? You know? Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, I want my customers' guitars to do the same, yeah. but I also, I'm also sympathetic that I like a really, really low, slinky action and mm. sometimes that's not what everybody wants so i'll I, I take it low and then i sit with the customer afterwards and i tell them i can take this lower here at the saddle or at the nut if you'd like and if you if you want it to go lower then i will do it but you play it and let's see how, how it feels now i've done yeah. all this because um you know it's it's got to be a personal preference thing oh, yeah you're right anyway <laughs> if you do go too far you yeah. can you can fix it okay. and this is why having having the uh, the masking tape that we've applied either side of the nut is really useful because you're going to want to protect the area either side of either side of the nut. So yeah. uh, what you do is this is a this is a tried and tested technique. If it's a plastic nut mm-hmm. or a, comp- a composite nut, baking soda. Really? Okay. Yeah, baking soda, mm-hmm. and you get yourself a little um, spatula or toothpick or something, and scoop up a little bit of baking soda on the end of that toothpick, yeah. and then pa- pack it into yeah. the nut slot. Okay. Pack okay. it all the way to all the way to the top of the nut slot, uh, and right. clear off any of the excess baking soda that's okay. either either side of the head of the nut. Now that's gone <laughs> onto your your masking tape. I know this sounds really amateur time, but then it's in, um, in, into the oven at two hundred and twenty degrees. Right? No, 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 no. You won't make a cake. You won't make a cake out of this. Um, and then 
uh, either using a one of those fine uh, little flow droppers that some super glue bottles have on them, or probably better still, putting a blob of uh, thin super glue <clears throat> onto onto a, a piece of paper next to you, and again scooping some of that super glue up on the end of a toothpick, just drop it, um, and by okay. capillary act by capillary action, that super glue will will wick and flow into the baking soda. Right, okay. Uh, and provided you've, you've neatly filled the slot with baking soda and you yeah. haven't got loads of, loads of gunk either side of it, um, that superglue will, will wick beautifully into the, into the baking soda. Leave it for 10 minutes. It's, it's as hard as the original material. Really? Then, all you need, then you've got, a, then you've got a, a nut slot that is, 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 is virgin in its appearance <laughs> and is ready to be cut for the first right. time. Yeah. You just start, just start again. And it Excellent. lasts. It absolutely lasts. I mean, <clears throat> at some point you'll probably want to change the nut anyway, because the baking soda thing probably only yeah. lasts for a, a few years. I've got guitars that I've done it on and it's, it's a, you know, if you do it properly, it, it just lasts. Yeah. It's, the, it's the same as the original material. That combination yeah. of baking soda and super glue dries, dries as hard as the original stuff. Um, that's awesome. I have never known that before. That's a really cool tip. I'm going to remember that. It works. If yeah. you've got a bone nut mm-hmm. uh, or, a gra- or a graphite nut or something that is a different material, then yeah. use use or buy, and you can buy it off anywhere, Amazon, Luthier Supplies. I've got uh, little little vials of graphite dust or um, uh, Graphtech nut dust and uh, bone dust um, where... Right. Use that to fill the nut slot, and then you're using the the right material. So it just cool. blends in and and matches. And right. you might you might need to do some work with a a very small file just to yeah take off any any sharp bits or excess bits where the where the super glue is, has has gone gone awry. But it's, it's interesting. Okay, that's cool. But, to know. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. easy to fix. Don't yeah. stress about it. It happens. And if in any doubt, just take it to a guitar tech. And yeah. um, if they say, oh, you're going to need a new nut on that, yeah, they kind of are right. You, that would be the best thing. Mm. But the the other alternative is um, to, to to fill it back up with superglue. And, and yeah. it, it will work. It will absolutely work. Yeah. And um, But the best thing to do is not, not get into that situation in the first place. Yes. And yes. just go slowly. And, and measure twice, cut. cut once, you know. Thank you. Done. There we go. Done. I've got I a couple I've of very quick out. questions, actually, before yeah, you, because we're, 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 you know, we're, we're, we're deep in it now. We're right at the end. And I actually just wanted to raise something interesting. Um, yep. Last year at Christmas, my wife bought me a fantastic book about Brian May's Red Special Guitar. And oh, yeah. um, and one of the one of the interesting things about that is because it was self engineered. Him and his yeah. father built this guitar uh, because his father was an absolutely fantastic engineer, and Brian May obviously himself mm-hmm. knows what he's doing. They took their own approaches on some of the more traditional mm-hmm. ways that guitars were yeah, built. Like, for example, I don't know if you know this, but the tremolo system on that guitar is kind of like. Uh, you know, on a normal strat or something, a normal tremolo system, the 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 tremolo's fixed to the body, or it might be kind of against some screws. Whereas on the red special, it's like a knife edge that's that's mm. held against the slot um, mm. by the string tension, so that mm. it's the same very edge of that thing that moves. So it's very f- mm. almost frictionless tremolo mm. system. And the other very thing cool. that which was interesting is he t- he's he took an approach to the nut which is almost completely unique, which is where he's got a zero fret. Mm-hmm. So some mm-hmm. people listening to this might have a zero fret, which kind of takes mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. the point of the mm-hmm. nut 
height, right? But the nut then really becomes more like a string guide. A string guide, exactly. And what what Brian May did for the red special is he did the zero fret, and then the nut is a string guide. But mm-hmm. his nut is the 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 slot is filed right down, so the string's mm-hmm. not sat on anything. It's literally just guided through a perfectly yeah. sized slot which is an interesting approach is that still something you come across you still come across zero fret guitars right occasionally they're, they're pretty rare um mm. but you do you do see them and some people actually like to turn their guitars into zero fret guitars and, and you can do that as well but as you say in that instance the nut slots can be taken all the way down to um lower than that zero fret so people that don't know what a zero fret is it's effectively another fret um that sits in front of the nut before you get mm-hmm. to your first fret. And if we think about what the, what the two contact points on the guitar are, that, that creates your kind of um, string um, kind of pivot points. It's on a normal guitar, it's the nut as one point and, yeah. the, and the saddle as the other point. On a zero fret guitar, it is that zero fret as your contact point that the string has the break over mm. and, and the pivot over and your, and your saddle. So in that instance, your nut is simply acting as a string guide to guide the string to the right path to the tuning peg. Um, and actually, you can take the nut slots all the way down for that to, to make it as uh, less of a contact point uh, as possible, yeah. um, which is cool. So why would you do it? Why, why, what, are the, what are the benefits of, of doing that? So a lot of people say there's a good tonal benefit from okay. having a zero, a zero fret. Um, because you've effectively got a, uh, a smoother piece of, of, of metal uh, that apparently affects the tone of the string in a different way and helps it resonate in a different way than, than it travelling over a piece of bone or plastic. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's one bit. Some people feel that the zero fret um, gives them better string bending qualities and feel right. because the string is effectively resting on the top of a, of a, of a fret crown, right, which is a okay. very singular point as opposed to sitting in a in a mm. slot even though we've talked about creating a, a break angle in the nut as we're filing it it's still it. effectively sitting over a larger surface area mm-hmm. as it's traveling through a nut rather than a zero fret so some people feel that the zero fret it has benefits on tone and string bending properties mm-hmm. and 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 just helps the strings reverberate and sound better even in their open form yeah um so so that's that's <clears throat> There are some very very tangible benefits. So if if it's if if those are the tangible benefits, then why don't why don't we all do it? Well, it's a maintenance thing actually. Zero frets guitars yeah. need more maintenance and looking after because that zero that fret is is that zero fret wears really quickly and it's it is your oh. it is your nut point effectively. So it's got to be higher than all your other frets. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because it's got to provide that first pivot point above yeah. the first fret and the remaining uh, other frets, right? So it's got to be higher, and it will be a higher fret. Mm. So, but what happens is, is that the, as you, as we all know, that when you play on frets and do string bends and all of that, wear it wears out, down and yeah. flattens. They wear out, and that's what happens on zero fret guitars. Is that zero right. fret wears out quite quickly? Mm. Well, quite quite quickly. That's subjective to how much yeah, you're playing yeah, it and, yeah, what, yeah, and what, you you're, what what strings you're using and all of that. So it yeah. needs maintenance. Um, and invariably, it needs to get pulled out and a new one put in periodically. So, you, so you're going to have to have that factor of maintenance yeah. and fret work done on that guitar periodically, depending on how often you play it. Whereas, arguably, once you've got a nut set 
correctly and cut properly, mm-hmm. that's it. That's it on a normal guitar. You don't need to do any maintenance to the nut then. It's no, done other no. than lubricate it. Because right? so, you haven't got this string tra- moving across it all the time as you're bending or fretting things. Not, okay. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Interesting. But, yeah, there you go. There are, there are benefits to a zero fret that, that players mm. and, and fans of them really kind of um, swear by. And I, and I don't doubt those, those benefits. It kind of makes sense. It does, um, doesn't it? In yeah. a way, I've, oft, I've often thought that. And when I, when I read that book about the Red Special, and, and it's <coughs> fantastic. It's not just like, hey, here's this guitar, and this is what Brian made mm. it. It's like they go into mm. drawings that they produced, engineering wow. drawings that his dad did in the design and for the wire. It's such a great... If you're an engineer like me, you'd just be like, this is mm. awesome. Such a in fantastic heaven. book. Um, and I will, uh, I'll, I'll send you a picture of it so you know what, what it is. But, yeah, it was yeah. really fascinating because, you know, the justifications for why they did certain things differently in the design of that guitar are really compelling. Because from a, yeah. you know, an engineering point yeah. of view, they're like, well, you know, it should have been done like this um, and it should have been done like that. So let's try it like this. And hey, you know, yeah. he's still playing that guitar to this day. So he really is. He really is. And <laughs> Can't argue. Uh, I, went and, I went and saw a Queen tribute band last week. In fact, the official Queen tribute band. Oh, excellent. Put together by Roger. So every every member of the band auditions for, I think, Roger and, and Brian. Yeah. And, um, and and they go out and it's a it was a global bunch of musicians. Like is it Jamie Humphreys on guitar? Is it a guy called? Is it him or is he? I, I, he no, used it's to not play Jamie with Humphreys. Queen. All right, okay. Yeah, I know right. Jamie Humphreys. No, yeah. it's not. It's not him. Um, okay. But um, yeah, they were they were great. But yeah, yeah, just 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 watching and hearing the sound of that red special and seeing like what that guitar is all about. Watching them play it is, a, and and I think I'm pretty certain. I'm ninety percent certain that the the guitarist who was incredible uh, was playing with the old English um, penny uh, five five penny piece. Or oh yeah, sixpence, uh, isn't it? He used to say, sixpence, he always used sorry, a sixpence. sixpence. Yeah, um. yeah, <laughs> and I could hear it. I could yeah. hear it in the yeah. attack on the string. You're like, he's even playing with that as well. Um, that's but cool. Yeah. Hasn't yeah. Demo? Has, hasn't Demo got a Brian May guitar? Yeah, he, 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 he has. Yeah, yeah, he has. Yeah, an enviable collection. Indeed. Indeed. Oh, finally, before we wrap up, by the way, just just first of all, amazing work over these last few episodes, mate, helping to present this technical and quite complex information to our listeners because I think it's really going to help people. It's already helped me. So if it's helped me, it's going to help other people. So thank you for that. And number two, <laughs> do you know I sent you a link just before we were talking to uh, like my Desert Island guitar that I suddenly I never yeah. see them never I never see Clapton strats in pewter with lace yeah. sensors for sale yeah. anywhere yeah. and then this one's come up on guitar guitar but I checked the serial number and the serial number isn't coming up oh. on Fender's website which Fender say not every one of them does anyway but then yeah, I was looking true. at the pictures and it says the guitar's been upgraded with lace pickups and I'm like but they originally had lace pickups. It's yeah. not been upgraded unless it's a new one. Unless it's a new one with the noiseless, because the new ones have yeah. got noiseless pickups rather than lace sensors. I'll check it out for you. Well, and I'll the, tell the you headstock's what. also got two string trees on it, and the Clapton Strat doesn't have two oh, string trees. Only has one. I'm like, oh, this is just such a. Oh. Is this a? Is this? Uh, maybe somebody's <laughs> kind of got a hold of themselves because they did do Fender did do a pewter um, Strat. Uh, I think it was the Strat Deluxe or the Strat Ultra in the right. 80s and 90s. You could get that custom colour 
I just wonder if some of the people out there are trying to put claps and strats together for difficult ones to find and make a bit of money on. But anyway, oh, I, for maybe sure. I'm just being for sure. cynical. But. For sure. Oh, I'm going to go and check that out now. And have a look. <laughs> That's one of my fun fun things to do is fake, fake or real. Yeah, is it? I know. Fake what or is real. It? What is it? What is it? Let's see. Let's go and see. Good. Oh, we'll it's tune a, in next week to figure out what we determine about see this we found guitar. Out. It's a very good yeah. It's got everything else. It's got the single ply pick guard, you know. It's, yeah, TBX it's, boost. Yeah, okay. exactly. All that stuff, the, the, you know, the active pickups. It's, it's yeah. you know, it, it could be what. I don't know. I'm just being cynical. Could be. Could be. But anyway, Let's have a look. Anyway. Let's have a look. We'll do some Sherlock Holmes work on that this week and, and see see if we can get you to, to yeah, park exactly. some cash with it. So, nice one. Uh, you're very welcome, mate. I hope it's been of use. I hope I've explained things in a way that makes sense. And as always, um, go to the Guitar Geek Hangout, our, our little social space on uh, Facebook, which is brilliant. Yeah. Um, especially if you're a guitar tech and you've got other ways of doing it or helping yeah. people understand how to do this in, in a way that better explains what I've been trying to say. I'm very open to that feedback. And, um, and if you've had a go, like you have, Matt, mm. um, and you found some positive benefits from doing this, then please let us know because that that means it was useful content and we'll do some more of that kind of stuff for listeners in the future because awesome. there's still other stuff you can do on your guitar to make it even better. <laughs> oh, that's all we want in this life. Better mm-hmm. guitars, please, all day long. Excellent. Anyway, Matt, all right. have a cracking week, buddy. I will speak to you yeah. on the next one. And, uh, yeah, take care, Matt. Speak soon. Cheers, mate. Speak soon. Bye. All the best, mate. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. Once again, have a great couple of weeks. If you like what you hear, remember there are 70-odd other episodes going back over two years now that you can check out where we do and talk to all kinds of things like budget guitar amps. We rant about Murphy Lab guitars. Uh, we visited the London Guitar Show. We talk about our desert island guitar rigs and the eight steps to setting up and looking after your guitar. Anyway, enjoy them. Best wishes. See you next time on Guitar Smarts Podcast.